In the previous Mishnah, we discussed gifts given to bridegrooms called the Shushbinus. So now we're going to go off topic here in this Mishnah, meaning the topic of our parak really is about how to allocate um, resources left from an estate or from like a person who's died. But uh, here we're going to talk about gifts that go from the Chasan to the Kala, um, and they're called Sivlonos. Um, these are gifts that are given after the first stage of marriage, called Erison. So that means the Maitse Kedushin happened. He gave her the ring. She said, yes, she took the ring. Now they're committed to get to live together with husband and wife. They're already, actually, she's an Aishas Ish. She's married, um, but she's living in her father's home for the next, let's call it, year. And that was typical in the time of the Mishnah. She'd be doing this at around the age of 12, give or take, and then a year Later, give or take, they would actually um, have the second stage chuppah, and then she would, you know, move in to his home, not her father's home. So the custom was to that the groom, the chasm, would give these sivlonos immediately after the erisin, like the next day after she took the ring, he would send her gifts, and she would have those gifts to enjoy while she was with her, living in her husband, in her father's home, excuse me, until she moves in with her husband, like call it a year later. Now those gifts can come in two basic um, categories as far as our mission is concerned. Um, there are gifts that essentially are expected to be consumed and used up and enjoyed while she's living in her father's home. And there are, that's live a lot, so can wear out. And then there are other gifts that are expected to um, be durable and, and, be, and persist and be brought into their new home together. So in other words, if he sends her, you know, chocolates and wine and even money, those things, of course, are going to be consumed while she is living at home with her father. If he sends her, you know, a gold bracelet, or even, let's say, I don't know, tablecloths, and that kind of thing, so those things are going to last, um, call it for a lifetime, and she's going to bring them into the marriage. Okay, so the question our mission wants to discuss is, what happens if, after the heiress the wedding ends up getting called off? That could happen either um, in that she dies, or he dies, um, so then, of course, the wedding's off, uh, the the chuppah part of it, and the and the suin. Um Or he could just um, change his mind. He'd have to give her a get. A woman who has accepted heiress and kedushin already um, is an issue. So a get is required. But he could give her a get, calling off the marriage. Or she could essentially back out. She would again need a get. But if she just refusing to live with him, so then you know the marriage is going to come to an end before it even starts. So that's another possibility. But leave that last possibility out for now because it's more complicated. The point is, if one of them die or he gives her again and backs out, so what happens to those gifts that he gave? Since those gifts are being given, the Sivlonos, obviously, and this is clear, and this is the assumption of the Mishnah, because they're being given because they're going to be getting married, which means now if they actually don't get married, so can you essentially demand them back? So um, the general rule is, would be, uh, yes, he could demand them back because he only gave them, assuming they're going to be married, and they didn't get married. And therefore, he could even collect from her heirs, or his heirs could collect from her, if the marriage doesn't um, go through. Um, however, says so the Mishnah, a little more complicated than that. Hasholeach sivlonos lebeis chamav. The chasen sends these gifts to his future, I'll call it future wife, for lack of a better term, right? But whatever, you know. Um, who's now still living in her, she's she's an Asia's ish because she had Kedusha, but she's living in her father's home. Shalach sham mea mana. Even if he sent... A mea mana. A mana is like ten is a hundred uh, dinar. So mea mana would be like a hundred times a hundred dinar, which is like ten thousand dinars. So you can be such a ten thousand dinars worth of stuff that that um, 
you know, these are these are consumables specifically. It doesn't say in the Mishnah, but we're not talking about um, diamond rings. We're talking here about you know bottles of wine and chocolates and even spending money. If then va'achal sham suudas chasan afilu bedinar, if after that he has this meal, the Mishnah refers to as the suudas chasan at his father-in-law's home. I'll explain that in a moment. Then as long as it's worth even just one dinar, but it's at least a dinar, uh, the value of that 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 meal. Ena Nigman, he can't demand back all those consumable items because he is understood to have been a mochel to waive his rights to reclaim them. So here's what's going on here. Um, so the Sudas Chassan really can refer, that term, Sudas Chassan can refer to one of two uh, separate meals, and that's a little confusing. Um, there'd be like, called, like, for lack of a better term, like a public, you know, vort engagement party type meal. Um, and then that's not what a Mishnah means. There's also a second meal, um, which is, I'll call it a private meal, where the chassan, so they get engaged and they have a public meal that could be called the Sudas chassan. That's not what a Mishnah means. Then he sends her Sivlonos, and then he goes over and has like a private meal to rejoice with the family privately. Okay, that's the Sudas chassan we're talking about, like the Sudas Sivlonos, so to speak. So the thought is that if he has that experience, he's so happy with his new future wife and wife and family, um, that, that um, and, and his joy is such at that, at that, uh, that, that meal, that he is mochel, he like, he gives it to her, like with no strings attached, whatever he gave is now hers to keep, assuming it's not durable, you know, things that are for consumption, and he would never clean the back, even in the event that the marriage never gets to um, the Nisuan stage. Okay. Lo achal sham chasan. If, however, he never had that experience of going to his father-in-law's home and eating that festive meal after he gave the savlonos in that private way, so then harayel nigbin. So then he wasn't mochlan anything. So he gave all these gifts. Yes, but the gifts were based on the assumption, the contingency they're going to get married. If they never get married, um, so that's even not her fault. She died. Okay. So then harayel nigbin. He can collect them. I mean, he can go, go to his Father-in-law and say, listen, I sent these bottles of wine because we were getting married. We never got married, so you owe me back the bottles of wine. And they will be, yes, be um, collected. Meaning, meaning, nigbin means collected, and like enforced in bezin. So let me clarify that. It does. It's not just that they're choser, not just like whatever's left gets returned. It's that he actually could enforce in a bezin a full reimbursement of whatever he gave. Okay, because he wasn't mochlin anything, and, and his gift was a contingent gift on the marriage, which never came to be. Now, the next part of our Mishnah here um, is, uh, according to the Bartonra who learns like the Rosh Bam, it's a the issue here is when he uh, says something explicit. Okay, up to now the gifts was no explicit mention of what he was thinking, but now, according to our according to the Bartonra, what's happening is if it's Shalach Sevlonos Marubin Baila. If he sends her a lot of gifts, but the, that's not the point. The point is, and he explicitly says he's expecting these things he brought in to base Baalat to be brought into his home. She should bring them with. She should bring these gifts with her into the new marriage. So then, um, since he was explicit about it, Nigbin, So then, at all events, they're going to be um, have to be like returned to him, or the value returned to him if the marriage is called off, and that is. Regardless of what happens with this, with this, um, with the suda, the suda was issue was he didn't wasn't explicit, but if it was explicit, so then, 
since he says explicitly, I'm intending to get everything reimbursed. If it doesn't go through, he gets reimbursed everything. Um, on the flip side, if he does, he explicitly says that they're for use washes in her father's home. He sends her a lesser amount of gifts, but according to the Bartonura, that's not essential. That's just what would be normal. But the essential point is, He says explicitly, these are for your enjoyment while you're still living at home in your father's home. So then he's saying clearly that he doesn't expect them to come back to him. And enigma, then he doesn't collect them back again. Okay? Meaning that uh, even if the marriage goes through, he, he gave it as a gift Clearly, explicitly saying it doesn't have to come back, so that he doesn't collect them. Now, um, that's how the Barthenora learns, like the Rush Bomb, that it's all about what he says explicitly. And the the mention here about Merubin and Mu'atin is just simply incidental. That would be the normal cases. Um, Lahalacha, the Mepharshim learn differently. The Mepharshim learn essentially what the difference from the second part of the mission, the first part of the Mishnah, is um, not what he says explicitly, but rather we're talking about. Um, durable things that would be expected to persist and be around for the marriage versus things that aren't. So in other words, if he gave, the things he gives that should be expected to be brought the, into his home, future home, those are recollected, and the things that aren't, um, not. They're understood to be kept by her.